Akwabedin here, and you are listening to the Millennial African Podcast. Happy 2021. Some refreshing beginning of a new year as we look over a long, tedious one. A year that is forever going to be a crazy one. It definitely will become our reference for measuring our other events in the 21st century, you know, like before or after the pandemic. But anyway, the math is going to be pretty simple because it was the beginning of a decade. But I'm sure we've had enough talk about 2020, the pandemic, racial injustice, and the polarized democratic political system in the United States. I know I am. I'm not saying that they are no longer important. I'm saying it's fine to take a break. So today, we are going to be talking about something entirely different. As I promised you almost a year ago, yeah, I think so. We are going to take a journey through time. We are going to look at some significant events that have shaped our world and our view of things. All through chunks of time, each and every one of us has had a direct ancestor on the planet. Someone with a direct connection to you and I, who had, who had a baby, and the person had a baby, and the person had a baby, and a baby, and a baby, till we were born in the 21st century. The tree of life forever expands, losing connections and becoming strangers to one another because we don't know that some 10,000 years ago, we all had the same grandfather. Well, not grandfather, maybe great, 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 great grandfather. But currently, individualism, independence and self-reliance have made us self-focused. We are increasingly being isolated and only connecting via the internet. You know, it's becoming increasingly difficult for us to see ourselves as a collective. Each one of us is a descendant of someone who lived somewhere on the planet at a period in time. You know, they may have traveled, they may have searched for lucrative jobs. And at some, you know, at a point, greener pasture, yeah, literally greener pasture with, you know, you know, like fertile soil and a source of water. The point I'm making is that human beings have had a long stay on earth. And throughout that time, you and, had, you and I had a relative who lived somewhere on the planet. So from the beginning of time, where have we been? We have been on the on Earth for somewhere between 80 to 200,000 years. This claim is mainly based on scientific evidence of carbon-dated artifacts that we found around the planet. Last week, on January the 14th, the oldest painting of any animal, a pig, was found in a cave in Indonesia. It's been dated to be at least 45,000 years old. 30,000 years before that, there were still people on Earth living, surviving, and procreating. I mean, think about it. In our current calendar alone, the 21st century is only 2,000 years old compared to say 70,000 years of human existence. So in our 80 to 200,000 years on this planet, what have we been up to? The Earth's climate hasn't always been like this. 70,000 years ago, the first man, Homo sapiens, the wise man walked the lands of Africa, mostly sub-Saharan Africa. You know, because of the extreme weather, constant migration was the way of life. Human beings had to move to survive, follow the water and follow the food, otherwise you would die. At that point, I guess we were like most other creatures on Earth, go out and look for food, much like Honestly, what's happening in Madagascar right now with the drought and food shortage? If you didn't know, there is a drought in the southernmost parts of Madagascar right now that's so severe that two out of three children have had to drop out of school to help their families go in search of food and water. Around that 70 to 200,000 years ago, animal migration paths led out of Africa, so then people followed out of Africa. Science does believe that at a point through these harsh climate, volcanic eruptions, and severe weather, the human population was so reduced there was just about 10,000 people on the planet. That's fewer than the number of spectators current professional football stadiums can hold. A group from that 10,000 human beings managed to cross the Red Sea into the Arabian Peninsula. This is the out-of-Africa event that led to almost every non-African human being on the planet. 
though there might have been earlier migrations, this particular one was the group that survived. And that is why every non-African has genes that can be traced to that single out of Africa event. Some people in earlier groups may have been assimilated by this group. I mean, earlier migrations out of Africa may have been assimilated by this group because I found uh, an article that published that in Papua New Guinea, it was found that 98% of indigenous people's DNA is traced to that successful out of Africa event and that the other 2% belongs to an earlier group that left the African continent. Also, the population in sub-Saharan Africa that didn't leave the continent managed to survive and thrive. So these are about the only approximations we can make from the maybe 200,000 years ago to 80,000 years ago through DNA analysis. Now, when we jump down to some 40,000 years ago, where there is evidence of the existence of the Neanderthal. Neanderthals are a subspecies of Homo that lived in Europe and Asia, then called Eurasia, they became extinct just around that same time period. Their extinction could have been as a result of extreme weather competition with humans for food, diseases, assimilation, or elimination by human beings. If you ask me, I would say the last because human beings are competitive and we are often threatened by things that we don't understand. Anyway, I might be wrong because some Asian and Europeans have close to a percentage of Neanderthal DNA, current Asians and Europeans, that is. Even though Neanderthals were taller and stronger than human beings, they had a less developed means of communication. They couldn't communicate like human beings could. That's more evidence that supports my choice that human beings may have overpowered them and driven them to extinction. Around the same time, 40,000 years ago, it's the time when human prints were made on rocks in, in, in Eurasia. We are just about discovering art and wanting to leave parts of ourselves on this planet. These human beings are thought of are thought of as the guys who became modern Europeans. From that point on, you know, wanting to leave a part of us on this planet, we've been able to, you know, date items, objects, paintings, giving a somewhat clearer picture of what happened on Earth around that period. The more human beings in the past left marks of themselves on the planet, the more it gave us people in the 20th and 21st century to have a chance to look into their way of life. Now, significant events happened between uh, jumping down to 16,000 to 10,000 years ago. Earth climate became milder and soil became more fertile, so human beings managed to grow food. The idea of planting a seed, seeing it germinate and grow into a seedling, and then nurturing it to fruition like what farmers do is pretty much simple and it's something everyone knows, right? But imagine a time when human beings didn't know this. What would it have been like when someone found out that putting a seed in the ground would turn it into food you can harvest? I always joke about what the first person who milked the cow was doing with the cow to have discovered where the milk comes from. But jokes aside, that person did us a great favor. But just imagine, around that time, when they didn't know how to grow food, the feeling they must have had when they finally discovered that you can put a seed in the ground and it will germinate into something you can harvest and eat. Knowing how to farm came with a population explosion, human beings didn't have to rely solely on hunting or gathering wild food to survive. We could bend nature to our will and then started living comfortably. Only thing we had to do was, you know, live close to a source of water and fertile land that's greener pasture. This explains why the first Chinese dynasty, the Zizan dynasty, was formed on the banks of the Great Yellow River. Short story. Populations that became the Chinese dynasty lived, lived along the Yellow River as a, so as a source of water and fertile land for food. But for some two decades, the river would escape its banks, kill and destroy property. But people didn't leave the place because, you know, it's greener pasture, fertile land and water. Instead, one man managed to tame the river and he became the first Chinese emperor. Anyway, that event is like some 4,000 years ago. We are still in the period of some 16,000 to 10,000 years. So back to our timeline. Around the same time, you know, when we managed to farm, 
our own food societal influences started. He who grew more had more power and influence. Settlements expanded into towns of thousands of people. Note that if a population only hunts and gathers food, survival is better in small numbers since you can move faster and survive on less. Farming makes it different. More people can survive on farm produce, just grow more. This family revolution gives us evidence of complex societies that had masters and workers, landlords, kings and queens, and even priests. And in that same period, one other thing that's very significant is that it's around the time that we managed to domesticate the pig, the sheep, the cattle, and man's best friend. At the mention of priests, I realized I can't finish talking about the history of Homo sapiens without addressing how a lot of us have been told the history of the world is. I'm talking about religious scriptures. For most scriptures, there was a creation event and then there were stories that led from one event to the other event and how prophets existed and their teachings and their commandments. First and foremost, these events were written. That means that they were written by human beings that had the ability to read and write. There were also sophisticated societies with classes and occupations. Most scriptures mention activities including farming, schools, places of worship. These are cities and developments that show some level of an advanced human society. Most of the accounts written happened about 5000 BC, that's some 7000 years ago, and the writer's view of the world influenced the events that were recorded. The events I've just talked about predate the accounts of religious scriptures. So if you want to wrap your head around it, think of it this way. There was a creation period and then there was a chunk of time, some 100 some 100,000 years of human life that these scriptures don't cover. When human beings finally have control over nature, have status, have communities, have societies, then the scriptures were written. We could talk about this some more, but this is not the objective of this episode. So we're going to spend chunks of our time from some 10,000 years ago until this current period analyzing events and complex civilizations that have influenced our 21st century. So that is from um, 8,000 BC to 2020, I guess. Remember that as human beings, our lives don't start from scratch. We continue to develop because we build on what is known and what already works. All of our current achievements are built on the back of some 70,000 years of experience. We usually assume or unconsciously think that life is as it is and that if we didn't have the past, things wouldn't be different. But that is wrong. Without events in the past, we can't do anything. Human beings built the pyramids, but guess what? We forgot how to build them. In the 60s, there was a race to the moon and somehow we almost forgot how to successfully leave the Earth's orbit some 40 years later. Our connection to the past is important and it is only by understanding it will we truly understand our present and each one of us has a direct line to events in the past. So through the 200,000 years of human existence on the planet, through our 70,000 years of history, through the wars, through the wisdom seeking, through kings, conquerors, heroes, tyrants, and villains, hunting and gathering to farming, to exploring and being discovered, religion and paganism, through even scientific innovations and democracy, we had ancestors on the planet who may have directly or indirectly contributed to these events that shape our present. And in that same way, our actions in actions are creating events that will eventually shape the future. <laughs>
It's been great talking to you once again. Reach out to me on Instagram at Aquabadin or search for the Millennial African Podcast. I'll talk to you again in the next episode.